When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 373, an excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by the Minimalists by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, and I'm Justin Mollick. This is the OLD podcast, one of four podcasts where we read to you from the best blogs we can find. I act as your very own personal narrator for amazing blogs and books, totally free of charge. The business model makes no sense, really. And this podcast that you're hearing right now specifically focuses on personal development and minimalism-related content, mostly but also productivity and anything that I think will optimize your life. And today's probably the last day where I'll play you excerpts from the audiobook that I narrated for The Minimalist. It's been helping me catch up with work and prepare for a lot of time that I'll be spending with family and friends during the holidays. And with that, let's hear more from the book as we optimize your life. An excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by The Minimalist by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. Real Priorities Take a look at your day-to-day life. Through the hustle and bustle of your daily grind, what banal, tedious, mundane tasks eat up most of your time? Checking email? Monkeying around on Facebook? Watching television? Filling out reports? Whatever your answer, these activities are your true priorities. We often claim our priorities are grandly important activities like spending time with family, exercising, or carving out enough alone time to work on that big passion project we've been putting off. Unless you're actually putting these pursuits first, unless you make these undertakings part of your everyday routine, they are not your actual priorities. Your priorities are what you do each day, the small tasks that move forward the second and minute hands on the clock. These circadian endeavors are your musts. Everything else is simply a should. Killing Time by Joshua Fields Milburn Somehow, I got rid of time without even noticing. Last week, I was walking the city streets, the scorching sun overhead, and someone stopped me and asked me for the time. I looked up at the sky and responded with two words. It's daytime. I didn't mean for my answer to sound glib or off-putting, but it was the only answer I had. I didn't have my phone with me, and I don't own a watch. Truly, I had no idea what time it was. Throughout my minimalist journey, I've learned a lot about change, often forcing myself to grow by way of experimentation. I stopped buying junk, I got rid of my TV, I killed the internet at home, I stopped using a dishwasher, I started questioning my possessions, I donated 90% of my stuff, I left corporate America, I got into the best shape of my life, I got rid of goals, and I started contributing to other people. I did many of these things to test my limits, to grow as an individual, but I wrote about these experiences to show people changes are possible, and often easier than we think. Sometimes, however, my changes are accidental, as was the change I noticed most recently. These days, I rarely keep track of time. Over time, I got rid of time. I sold my watches. I donated all my clocks. I removed the clock from my computer. I got rid of my microwave, which had a clock. I tossed my alarm clock. I used my phone. Now my apartment has no clocks. The only clock that remains is the one on my phone, which I usually leave in a separate room if I'm home, and I often leave at home when I'm away. There is a clock in my car, but it's intentionally set to the incorrect time so I can't rely on it. 
Now I wake when I want to wake, write when I want to write, exercise when I want to exercise, eat when I want to eat, and live life every minute of every day, irrespective of time. I realize this time-free approach isn't practical for many people, but maybe it still has a practical application for everyone. Maybe you can take one day each month, or even one day a week, and kill the time. Do we really need a watch and a phone with a clock? Do we really need clocks in every room of our homes? Without time, it is easier to focus on the task at hand. If I'm spending time with a friend, we can closely listen to each other and not worry about the time. If writing, get lost in the act of writing. If exercising, focus on the specific exercise, and so forth. Do you think you would be more focused and perhaps enjoy your days more if you were less constricted by time? It's at least worth thinking about, isn't it? Your own advice is the hardest pill. Giving advice is pretty easy. Anyone can give advice. Anyone can make recommendations. Anyone can tell you what to do. Just because someone sprouts their opinion, though, doesn't mean it's the correct advice for you. It's often easy to take advice from other people when they are dishing it out. Having relationship trouble? We typically ask a friend for advice. Having a conflict with a coworker? We ask another coworker for advice. Having money problems? You get the idea. Sometimes all we have to do is look in the mirror and ask ourselves for advice. Who knows you better than you? Nobody is more aware of your situation. Nobody is more familiar with every scenario and potential outcome. So why do we turn to others so often? Because it's easy. If someone tells us what to do, we don't have to think. Coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, this is also how fascism works. Someone else makes the decisions for you. Or sometimes we ask other people for advice to reaffirm our own, but other people rarely have the same stake in the outcome, which makes their opinion less valid than our own. It's okay to ask others for advice. Sometimes it's great to have a fresh pair of eyes. But remember, it is you who must live with your decisions. The right path, left path, wrong path, and no path. Whenever we fail to make a decision, we fail to grow. As we approach each of life's proverbial forks in the road, we are not faced merely with two potential courses of action. Rather, as many as four choices appear in front of us at each fork the right path. Often the correct decision is glaring. The right path is illuminated, clear for miles, obvious to everyone. Whenever this is the case, seize the opportunity. Take the right path. The wrong path. There are some paths that are blatantly incorrect, filled with obstacles and venomous creatures lurking about. Avoid these routes, even when they appear to be beautiful, tantalizing, or easy. The left path. Sometimes the fork presents two equally viable options. The right path is right, but so is the left. Or maybe you cannot tell which path is correct. In these instances, it is more important to simply pick either path, using all available relevant information, and keep moving forward. Even if we pick the wrong path, we grow from the failure. No path. When we are faced with two unknown paths, left and right, we often freeze with indecision, stuck in our decision-making paralysis. This is the worst option of all. Not deciding is always a bad decision. You just listened to an excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by the Minimalists, by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And I don't feel like I ask a lot from you. Mostly you have to listen to me mention something in each episode, like something that helps out this podcast. Sometimes I don't, but usually I do, because I gotta find a way to make this all sustainable so I can keep it going. If you listen regularly, that's my way of knowing that it's helping you. And there's a good amount of regular listeners, so I do know that this podcast is helping to change lives, especially my own, since reading this content and editing it is like reading it twice. 
Plus, I'm editing and producing the other three podcasts in our little network, so I'm consuming a ton of great positive content. And if you're here with me listening every day as we're optimizing our lives together, that's an awesome thing. And we're both gonna be much more positive and happy over time. But like I was saying, I do have to try to make this sustainable and I haven't taken a sponsor in a while. I've been relying on listeners like you to keep going. So if you wanna help out, you can come by oldpodcast.com support. I really need to know that what I'm doing is of value to you and visiting that page is the best way you can do that. Again, that's oldpodcast.com support. And thank you for doing that. And that's it for the weekend and most likely the end of audiobook excerpts for a little bit. I should be back reading to you live tomorrow for Minimalist Monday. I mean, it would make sense to play you more from the Minimalist audiobook for Minimalist Monday, but I feel like I've used a lot of the book already, so it'd be nice to read to you again. I guess we'll have to see. So stay tuned for the show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.